This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we reviewed the latest Matthew Vaughn action comedy, Argyle. Plus, Henry Cavill kills many Nazis. In a new trailer for a Guy Ritchie movie, Netflix gives us our first look at Squid Game Season 2. Universal is not done with Jurassic World movies, remembering the great Carl Weathers and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, February 5th, 2024. This is Frank Grillo. You know me. But who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news? Pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. Yeah, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. And joining us, he's a secret agent with a funny haircut, and uh, travels around in Taylor Swift's backpack with a little plastic bubble on it. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? Otherwise known as Una Lipa. Just, he's just one Lipa. <laughs> yeah. Whereas they usually come in I pairs. I can't afford the both Lipas. I can only have huh. one. It's weird. I usually see them in pairs. Yes. How's that backpack, uh, Taylor Swift's backpack there? You're sharing it with the cat. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like that I can see out of it. I like that it's got, it's I equipped. A it's bubble. got, there's a little nozzle in here. If I just, I could, you know, like you, you have a hamster. They suck on that little thing. Yeah. The what's water. the nozzle connected to? It's, it, it's got vodka in oh, it. Oh, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's great. Can't complain. Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift is kind of everywhere right now. I just, did you watch He's the everywhere. Grammys? I watched the Grammys. Okay. What did you think of Jay-Z's uh, oh, man. little outburst? That was amazing not, speech. Not, not really. More, no. not, I wouldn't call it an outburst. Just uh Protesting. I don't think but I don't think Beyonce even made a dent on the radar. Like I, I've been listening to Spotify, and all Beyonce hasn't really come up that often. Was, 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 I don't wasn't he saying that she should have at least won not yeah. this year but sometime? In yeah, her like career? all these nominations, never won record of the year. Possibly, or whatever. I would say like in the past, yeah. But I think it's not the time to bring it up like <laughs> later. He was like, throwing shade at everybody though. The fucking the whole award. Yeah, what did he say that some people don't deserve to even be in there? Yes, yeah, some people. Uh, yeah, he was like some people don't deserve to be here. I think that's a little bit. Uh, I don't. I, I, you don't need to put anyone down to prop someone up. To love. Yeah, Meanwhile, but Taylor I mean, Swift, Taylor Swift is like, oh, this is my thirteenth Grammy. Also, my record's coming out in April. We're really, she's really mediocre. I mean, <laughs> she's not terrible. All right, she's not. Ter- she's she's good, but I mean. Just really overinflated, I think. It's just really crazy. First person to win, I think, what is it, record of the year, four times. She broke a record. Uh, like, you take, like, somebody like Tori Amos or Fiona Apple, who yeah. actually write, like, really great lyrics that yeah, are, like, no. so introspective and deep. And you have this, like, kind of vapid uh, version of songwriting that everybody just loves Bro, and it's think is great. It's in the marketing. It's all, like, very carefully manufactured, like, 
it was brilliant of her to accept her award and then give her fans what they wanted was when's the next album coming out. And doesn't she put out like seven albums a year? The next award, I was half expecting her to go, thanks for another Grammy. And before my new album, I'm dropping another album. It comes out right now. I'm going to perform at the Super Bowl. <laughs> you can always count on an album with her. Everyone counts on the album after she breaks up with someone. Yes. So if and when her and Kelsey break up, oh, that that's album gonna, will be that, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that Usher will, will have her on for a song? No. No, I think she just wants to be no. there. But <laughs> she'll completely overshadow him at yeah, that she's, point. She's a way bigger star than Usher. There's no way he's letting her. And what's funny there. is she's also kind of loosely connected to the movie we are going to be reviewing this week. Believe it oh, or not. Really? Yeah, there's a conspiracy oh, that this, says yes, it's a hoax. This, yeah. this girl what is everywhere. Hell? So All right. we're going to have fun. Let's get into it. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. You know who else is seemingly everywhere? One Henry Cavill. It just it seems like after he like made peace with the fact he's not Superman anymore, he's like, I'm just going to do whatever you throw at me. Yeah, he's grinding it. He's going to be in Highlander. Uh, he's going to be in the movie we're going to review in the second half of the show. And he's in the a trailer for the new Guy Ritchie movie called The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. That's we're going to start with rugs. You shared this teaser or this trailer uh what did you think of this i was like cavill and alan richson in the same movie alan richson is in this <laughs> directed by guy ritchie um guy ritchie yeah. who makes pretty decent films snatch is great locks talk and two what about aladdin? aladdin is actually really good i like that i do like the you know what? guy ritchie is pretty solid I gotta say, like he did the gentleman, which yeah. I didn't, I didn't see, but I heard was great. Yeah, the Sherlock Holmes he did was not bad. The first those one. were good. Yeah, he did that. Even that King Arthur movie wasn't bad. It was just not great, but it was still like pretty solid. So, uh, oh yeah, he's done a lot of shit. He even did a Jason Statham movie that I have yet to see that I heard is really good. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Goddamn, no, no, not Snatch. It's a fairly recent one. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Wrath but like, of Man? Is that Wrath of Man? That was really good. Yeah. Yes, but there was another one that just came out. The I can't Covenant remember. Covenant is a movie he's also directed. So this movie, it's sort of like Guy Ritchie's version of Inglorious Bastards, you know, watching this trailer, but based on the true story of like the first special forces organization in World War II, uh, you got Henry Cavill gleefully just killing Nazis. It's kind of fantastic. Yeah, he's like a nasty dude. What caught your eye about this, Brugs? You share, you had Guy, to share. I just saw Guy Ritchie, Henry Cavill, and Alan Richardson, and I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm watching it. It, it, it. He's got a. Does he have like a Gatling gun? Yeah, and he's, he's got a Gatling people down. gun. And he's just he's going like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger on these people. So I'm I'm all for it. So a lot, lot of action movies coming out these days. Anthony, what'd you think of this? Alan Richardson is barely in this trailer. But I love seeing him with a bow and arrow and dropping grenades and Nazi bunkers. Yeah, I mean, everything you guys said as far as the cast and who's in it and the action all looks good. I'm going to have a little bit of a hot take, though. Oh, I think I'm over movies about killing Nazis. There's a lot of those. Yes. There's a lot of there's so Definitely many of these. Of it, 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 I feel like we're we're done yeah. with this. Well, we just watch Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, Nazis, all the indie movies, Inglorious Bastards, Glorious every Bastards. war movie, every uh, what does it we call it? Um, 
that fucking uh, Danish movie that came out last oh, year. Oh, Sisu. Yeah. Sisu. I mean, just every movie is about killing Nazis. So it's become too lazy for you, too easy I think it's a lazy. target. I think it's lazy. I think it's. Uh, yeah. I think Nazis are known. Everyone hates Nazis. I think it's lazy. Listen, I'm okay with it because in the 90s, who were the bad guys? Fucking Muslim terrorists. And I, that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> every every Arab was a fucking terrorist, one note bad guy. Let's go back to the Nazis. I got no problem with it because they shipped in America. Yes, Nazis. Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's Nazis. It's a good, like it's comforting. It's a, it's a good. It, should, it, it is kind of a, lay, it. it's a layup though. It's, it's really a is. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just an easy thing. Everyone's, it's you, you just like how can you argue with it? You know, you can't argue with <laughs> it. But the thing is, is like, come on, we could do better. I think. Listen, uh, alien Nazis. Maybe that's no. Like the beekeeper had a great bad guy. Oh, it was like a Hunter yeah, Biden. You know what? The yeah. beekeeper you had know? a fantastic and, and the fucking telemarketer and the fucking hackers. Hacker. That's that's one that felt bags. good. Yeah, yes. telemarketers, it's fresh uh, trust fund babies. Yep. That was fun. Very relatable. I like that. It's either that watch or, the movie. I just yeah. that's immediately what I thought. I was that's like, so oh funny. man, another Nazi killing that's movie. So fun. It's a good point though. So many Nazis. It's like yeah, and you know the Nazis are gonna lose. Like that's yeah. the thing, you always know the yeah, Nazis. You, you, are you lose. don't really have to do a lot too to make like when you throw Nazis in there. Yeah, you don't really have to do a ton of character development because you're just like, oh, they're one note, they're evil. <laughs> it's a f- yeah, you can't is- really ever sympathize with a Nazi. That's why the Hans about some Landa, human traffickers or something. Yeah, you know, do some Hans Landa shit. in Inglorious Bastards yeah. at least was somewhat fun because he was so charming as yeah. a Nazi. Christoph Waltz, amazing performance, yeah. and you're like, I want to hear this guy threaten more people. I'd like to see him talk to people yeah, very slowly. Just, yeah, yeah, just like in a line. And drink milk. Yeah, waiting for the bus or something. Be great. Uh, this is coming out. Listen, this is going to be the feel-good Nazi killing movie of the year. I'm predicting it now. There may be another one. But Alan Richson, <laughs> my boy Alan Richson being in this got me excited. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big dude. That's what you need to kill Nazis. Listener, let us know what you think. You can join this conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. It's a closed exclusive group. You can geek out in there. Meet other yeah. listeners of the show. Meet Rug Boy. You can come to Facebook. You can interact. Be part of the nation, folks. With Rug Boy. Uh, let's move on to some more video. Uh, Wait, I got a question. Yes. This has nothing to do with anything. Okay. Um. <laughs> They're ma- remaking Roadhouse. Correct. Yes. And they're remaking one of my personal favorites, Highlander. Correct. Yes. Which one do you think is going to be better? Oh, that's oh. a good question. Highlander is Chad Stahelski, Henry Cavill. Yeah, that's a good one. Roadhouse, Doug Lyman, Jake Gyllenhaal. We have okay, I- I'll give you what I think is going to be We've already better. seen a little bit of Roadhouse, yeah. so it's kind of like a cheat. But I'll give you my opinion, and this is purely because of how I feel about both movies. Highlander is going to be better. I hated Highlander. Yes, it's only up from there. It's <laughs> only up from that thing one. With Highlander. I think Highlander will be the bigger improvement on the on the concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a layup. Yeah. No, I think the same. I think Highlander will be a bigger surprise because already we're like, oh, you're fucking with Roadhouse and Dalton. Come on, Roadhouse is like you can't, can't even touch that shit. You can't even remake that movie. But the concept, and of they High- try, yeah. Meanwhile, the concept of Highlander is brilliant. Execution not so great, but that's what you kind of love. So there's nowhere but up. If you could make that with some a nice budget and production, like how can that be a letdown? 
That mm. is very interesting to me. And I'm very excited to find the answer. And it'll today. be interesting to see if like Roadhouse actually is a better movie just because they tell better characters. Well, I don't know. We don't know. We got to see the execution. See that first trailer. Oh, it's a good time to be a film oh, watcher. Man. Yeah. Also, what year is it? Because like Justin Timberlake has an album out. J-Lo's got a new album. I think Britney Spears got a new. What the fuck year is it? What is going on? People haven't gone away. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to this. Netflix put out this little uh, sizzle reel. All the stuff coming out on their platform uh, this this year, 2024. So I put it in. I wanted to ask you guys, did anything stick out? We got some new shots of some things that we were expecting. It's all very short stuff, of course. But, uh, you know, they're, they are winning the streaming wars. Uh, and we'll yeah. get into that a little bit with right now, worldwide, 260 million plus subscribers. Oh, shit. They are number one. It's wild. They made a big deal. But you guys, did you watch this? What things stuck out that look intriguing based on what they showed us? The two things that I want to see is Cobra Kai. Yes. So they can close out that shit out. Season five. Yeah. And Squid Game season two. Yes. They ended yeah. with everything big- else doesn't really matter to me. Umbrella Academy. I'm over. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop four. I, you know, I have a. That's going to be interest. fun. It's going to be fun. Rebel Moon Part 2, I have no interest in. Oh, my God. Um, they show clips of that, and I'm now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? What about that uh, Pop-Tart movie with Jerry Seinfeld? Looks amazing. The, I don't know why. Unfrosted. The Unfrosted. Story. I love shit like that, like the Flaming Hot movie, and then there's Tetris. and the, I the, have no patience for that. Oh, I love never all watch, these Never mo- catch you watching This that. whole genre of like product movies and how they came to be, the Beanie Bubble. I fucking love these. These are great. And Seinfeld. Seinfeld, bro. He's going to do something good. Yeah. Anthony, are you excited for Squid Game Season 2? What they showed us? He's got pink hair. He's yelling at the guy. He's going to get him. Do you know that first season came out in 2021? Fucking three years ago. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. Wow. Yeah. Um, No, I hadn't thought about when it came out. I I agree with everything Rug said. Those were Squid Game, um, fucking uh, Cobra Kai, and then... uh, Beverly Hills Cop also caught my eye, um, and then the other things were really Rebel Moon and a cat and Umbrella Academy. Just because I'm not interested, but they still caught my eye as oh, those things still exist. I know I forgot about Umbrella Academy. That, that's, I think Umbrella Academy is on season four now, right? Four or five, and uh, that came out even when did that fucking come out? I don't remember. Uh, there's a show in there called Three Body Problem that looks kind of interesting and has Isa Gonzalez, Benedict Wong. It's a sci-fi. From Benioff and Weiss, the Game of Thrones guys. This is their new shoe. New new shoe. This is a new shoe. New show based off an Alexander Wu novel. That looks interesting. That little clip of Atlas with J-Lo. I don't know what's going on there, but some kind of sci-fi with Jennifer Lopez. Oh, I did see that. Jennifer Lopez. A lot of the Netflix stuff, even though they're winning, sometimes there's stuff they release. I'm just like, who, who wants this? Who's watching this? Yeah, they just, I mean, they said they've scaled, they're going to scale back, but they're still putting out a lot of things. What they not putting out, no Stranger Things season five. Interesting. They're fucking right. huge show. I thought that was, uh, they're not ready. Stranger Things. Oh. You want to know? I'm, I'm going to make an announcement right now. Yeah. Uh-oh. So Netflix, isn't Netflix starting to show ads on shit now? Everything is starting to show ads on shit, yes. I think that we shouldn't stand for this. This is bullshit. Oh, boy. Amazon's Uh-oh. doing it now. I think that we should just, everyone should just cancel their subscriptions for at least one month 
just to stick it to these guys. Oh my god, you they can't because we went into a contract with them. We want no ads, and then they just fucking just changed the deal. Well, I think I think you can. Can't you pay to, more to get no ads? Yeah, but that's not what the deal is. The deal is I paid you that much. They're fucking with everything now. Well, the dirt, the dirty little secret that they found out was yeah. that's how TV work. made all its money. Yes, it was through the ads. <laughs> it's going back. There's no to, money to be made without the ads. Yeah. It's going back yeah, to what works. Fu- they should they should just offer a, a cheap thing with ads and then leave everybody else's paying alone. And it's even worse mm-hmm. than like TV because you can't like DVR it and fast forward through the no, ads now, right? Yeah, but Stuck if we just ads. if we all collectively like let's say like if we could get like three million people to just stop their subscriptions, it would fucking cripple so them. So you want to organize a worldwide global boycott of streaming? Services I just say I don't like when corporations just fucking. Like fucking anally drill you into oblivion. That is some amazing revolutionary shit, bro. I will, I will be down. Like, and we're the ones with the power. We yeah. can just be like, fuck you and not watch for a month. Knowing fully well you can get caught up whenever you want. One world. One cause. <laughs> it's better than we are the world. Like, we totally have the power to do this. So all the different We've services. The power. All these different services are fucking with things, too, right? They're like, oh, well, you could pay $3 more if you don't want ads. Otherwise, here you go. No, uh, they need to be taught a lesson. Like everybody needs to be taught a lesson. And they, some are like, they, they, oh, now you're paying you. less, but now there's ads. So if you want to go back, now you're gonna. It's a fucking bullshit. But but that that's how they're figuring out how streaming works. Like no, said, but like they're wasting money. All right, Netflix is wasting all of our fucking time. They're making shit that nobody wants. All right. Well, speaking of Netflix wasting money, I I wanted to bring this up last week. This kind of. It's a, a wrestling story, but it's also a streaming uh, Netflix story. A huge, kind of a huge deal. I don't watch wrestling, but I understand how fucking There's huge an audience. it is. There's a yeah, huge audience, audience huge built-in audience. Monday Night Raw is a TV show that has been on linear television for, I think, like 20 years. It's got huge ratings, always pulls in the ratings. Uh, Netflix has struck a deal with WWE starting in January 2025, Monday Night Raw is going to be exclusively live on Netflix. This deal, Netflix is paying WWE $500 million a year. It is a 10-year deal. That is a $5 billion commitment from Netflix, who is leading in subscriber ratings, who has never really dived into live television this is it's kind of fucking huge. The current five year deal for the rights to raw with NBC Universal, they're saying worth approximately two hundred and fifty million dollars per year. This doubles that. Now, comment on that. How how big of a subscriber boom is Netflix going to get? Because all those fuckers who are watching raw for free, that's a lot of people. Yeah, they're going to I think they'll. They- wasn't Peacock trying to get it, get raw? Peacock has themselves. like WWE platform. Like there was an app that had all yeah, the things. Peacock has that, and then any of like the big what they used to call pay per views. Oh right, so like, like your WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, all yeah. that stuff yeah. is goes to Peacock. But um, I'm not exactly sure how it'll work with Netflix. I don't know if Peacock still gets that stuff. It'll be interesting how that plays out. But yeah, this is big for. You forgot to mention though, Netflix has a, I think, out after five years. Is, oh, is Monday Night? Okay. I don't know anything about WWE. Is Monday Night Raw their flagship, or is that yeah, like a, one of them? Uh, that, it's, their, it's their, but it is. Yeah, no, it's their flagship. And SmackDown show. is the other one, right? That's the big one. Yeah, but Raw has been the one that's been. Raw is the one that started all, like, got them popular. 
And so Monday Night Raw is what the deal is. Correct. Is that like two hours of TV or two? Is it two three hours? hours? Three hours? Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's big for Netflix and big for WWE. I mean, that's a lot of money for the WWE. The part of the reason why WWE and UFC merged to create a group called TKO was the guy that runs TKO, um, Ari Emanuel, who um, the show, whatchamacallit, the HBO show with uh, Entourage. Entourage. Oh. It's based off that guy. Oh. Uh, based Cole. off his life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they knew that these rights deals were coming up. So. WWE being one of them, and they felt like the market was ripe for with all the streamers to really cash in, and they nearly doubled their annual fee for the rights just to Raw. Yeah, and and then uh, UFC is also coming up too. So, so is it is, is doesn't Endeavor own all these things also? Is that the Endeavor? Yeah, Endeavor has now created a new group called TKO. Fuck, and Endeavor owns, owns UFC, UFC and, and WWE. It's fucking crazy. But like something that has been on TV kind of for free for like two decades. Is now behind yeah. a paywall. Do you have? Do you guys think ever like something like the Super Bowl would ever go? Yeah, potentially one day. Because well, they had that they had that major game that was only available on the cop. Yeah, so, yeah, they had they had yes. uh, at the first time ever they had an NFL playoff game only exclusively streamed on the. So Peacock said after that game they picked up almost three million subscribers just from oh, yeah. that one fucking game, which is huge. They're at like thirty-one million subscribers. Uh, their I mean, Amazon pays less. a shit ton just for one game, a, one game a week. They pay, yeah, they paid um, eleven billion dollars for eleven seasons. Wow! So a billion a year just for one game on their streamer, and it, and and it really and it gets a ton. The ratings have gone up for them too. Jesus, football is single handedly like keeping live TV a thing. Still, it's kind oh of yeah, the well, only reason. Well, live sports, live sports yeah. are the biggest thing. But then, f- so live sports are are always going to be are always do really well for the most part but then football is the king of live sports so netflix got money like that too so if they're shelling out 500 million and then making all these things uh i mean there, there's rumors that the nba might get on netflix this one is day. why this is why they need ads they're spending too much money spending a lot <laughs> they but they're hoping that people you know i mean live sports are the thing yeah and then and then advertisers love selling ads or buying ads for live sports It'll be interesting to see if they change how they shoot raw now that uh, it's on Netflix. Will they change certain things? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Vincent Mann also going through a really ugly trial. I don't oh, know he's not even involved anymore. He's not involved in this. He's and kicked out. The shit that they said that he was doing is so wrong. Um, but he's not involved, so <laughs> they kicked him out. Yeah, I mean that. that it's a gi- it's a giant that's a giant fucking deal Netflix made. I was like, that's fucking crazy. A lot of money. It's a lot of money. Wish I had it. You know what else is crazy? Uh, apparently, Universal is not done with Jurassic movies at all. <laughs> Did you hear this? Uh, d- last week, they announced they are making uh, a new movie that's going to be launching new Jurassic era. And it was going to be written by David Kiep, the guy who wrote the original movies. And then today they announced this movie's coming out July 2nd, 2025, and that David Leach is in talks to direct the next installment. This new era apparently will not feature any of the old characters. Not the Laura Derns, not the fucking Chris Pratt's, Bryce Dallas Howard's. None of those people. They're going to start. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to start from scratch. You guys, people love dinosaur movies. These movies, even if they suck, they make a billion dollars. 
Are you excited for more Jurassic World? What can they do now if you're starting over? I feel like they they did it all. Like another thing is that there's all these competing uh, nature doc, like quote unquote oh, nature documentaries that are really good too. Yeah, and they're just like on par, and they give you all the dinosaurs. You don't have to wait wait through stupid character development yeah. to like see the dinosaurs do their thing. You yeah, know? it's true. It's all dinosaurs. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary anymore. But uh, just because that never means anything, like they make sure that no one wants all the time. But I think there's an audience for this somewhere. Yeah, there's there's unfortunately, there's definitely still an audience because the latest one, Dominion, which I think we all agreed was, was terrible, worst. made a billion, made made like a billion, billion dollars. dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because like, OK, if you strip it down. It's like partially sci-fi, partially horror. So you got that crosses that demographic. Kids love dinosaurs. So you got that one. So it's it's a four quadrant film. Like it's it's it hits everybody. Dinosaur movies never never go out of style. Like you, dinosaur movies are awesome. I I love dinosaurs. Everyone loves dinosaurs. Yeah. I take the I used I used to be more cynical about this, but then uh, the prophet known as Rug Boy. AKA Rugberto Bambino said anything can be good. Yes. And and uh, I'm taking the mindset that with enough care anything can be good. So maybe they come up with some shit. I don't know. David Leach is decently talented. He's decently talented. He's doing the Fall Guys, done Deadpool 2. Imagine his action kind of style. You get a good script, some new characters, kind of continue but restart the whole thing. It's what it all depends on what their goal is. If their goal is some corporate bullshit Probably where yeah. they're like trying, you know, it's going to suck. But like if they let them do something that may be a little bit risky, it'd be nice. Yeah, they're not done. They're not done printing money with the dinosaurs over there. Like, how are you not going to make another one? Even the shitty ones make a billion dollars. Look, It's still it's still an effective IP. So they're not going to give it, like just let it but, go by the wayside. Like fast tracking this like they want this movie out next year. Uh, because there's nothing else. Yeah, like, yeah. what other IP is out it's there that's crazy. really strong yeah. right now? And you got you got the guy David Kep who wrote the first one and the sequel, and he did uh, work on Dominion, but he wrote the first one <laughs> with Steven Spielberg. So that's good. I mean, if if I'm being honest, I don't. I think this franchise is like so beat to shit. But, and I don't know that I'd be excited for it, even if. You need new stars. Fucking, Even if it was like uh, Martin Scorsese was doing the next <laughs> Jurassic Park, but like you know, who knows? I, I mean, if James it, Cameron me, was doing oh, it, then I'd be all. Oh like, yeah, maybe yeah. Then that probably well, helped. But I mean, this is it, this is definitely corporate bullshit because yeah. there's no re- there's no story. Yeah, there's no story anyone's asking for. They're just looking at it and go, this shitty one made a billion dollars. Wait, at the end of the last one, weren't like the dinosaurs everywhere still? They were like out in the open. Yeah, I mean they had like the, they? our cartoon Camp Cretaceous yeah. where they they somehow they had like created uh another park and then that park went of awry. Course, another park and of course it went So awry. it's like and they just keep recycling the same story that it is that's not fun. But I do think that they had something kind of interesting going on where they were like splicing dinosaurs yeah. and they were creating them for different things. That would be interesting. You could, that could be a road that you could go. That's not the park thing. Too many grasshoppers in that last one for my taste. Fucking movie <laughs> yeah, was about grasshoppers. grasshoppers. It wasn't even about the fucking dinosaurs. What are you doing? Uh, uh, it ends with the humans and dinosaurs 
coexisting. Yeah, right? They were all those shots of like they're on all the cities now and there. So maybe it's this world where like it's no big deal that there's just a triceratops walking down the street. So I don't know. We'll see. They're not done. Finally, last thing in the news. They should make them like the remember the Carnosaur movies? Oh my god, like Carnosaur. Remember those movies? Yeah, no, I remember the dinosaur sitcom with the people in suits. Carnosaur. That's like a sci-fi movie, wasn't it? Those were like sci-fi horror movies. I remember yeah, like, watching those like Sharknado. On, uh, on the black box when you couldn't uh when it was Yeah, illegal. they would just kill people and eat them. What yeah. was yeah, that? It was just story. horrible deaths it was of just, animals. It was just dinosaurs of, eating of humans. But yeah, that, it was but, like, yeah, it was like alien with dinosaurs. But that's all you want to see is you just want to see dinosaurs eating people. Like, that's entertaining. Just write a story around that. I'm in. That's all you need. You'd have like arms ripped off. and Yeah. Shit. Why not? <laughs> it's great for kids. <laughs> or make it the one with. Uh, let's make the sequel to uh, the one with um, the fucking. What's the guy's uh, Wild Things? The, the lady. I can't think of the name. Oh, uh, Nev Campbell. No, uh, not Nev Campbell, the other one. Denise, Denise Richards. Richards. Denise Richards. Let's make a, a sequel to the one she was in. Oh, you're talking Boy, about she was a scientist uh, Tammy, and the, Tammy <laughs> and the T-Rex? Yes, yes. Tammy and was the it, T-Rex. She, was yes. her, that was her. Yeah, right? whether she like molested the T-Rex? Yes, yes. Maybe let's, that's what let's this make, next... That's the one. That maybe that's... She rubbed her boobs yeah. up against the T-Rex. That's the one. That yeah. would make a billion dollars <laughs> right away. <laughs> maybe that's what David Kepp or uh, David Leach is doing. He's going to reboot Tammy and the T-Rex. That's a great movie. You should definitely watch. Everyone should watch. So good. Yeah. Uh, last thing in the news, it's a, some sad news, but we have to pay our respects to a legend, action star legend, and just all around great dude, Carl Weathers, passed away. Yeah, it's sad. He was a 76? 76, and apparently just like peacefully died in his sleep, which is like, yeah. that's the best way, really, I guess. It, it kind of seemed to come out of nowhere, because like I don't think he was sick, I don't know. Play the clip. Oh, yeah. We have Carl Weathers. What we, I was going to say, he's part of our show. Things. Come on, baby. Do the magic hand thing. He's known for many things. Grief Karga. He's great and happy Gilmore. He's Action Jackson. Action God Jackson. Damn. And possibly the greatest cinematic boxer in all of film history. Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed has. There's a whole new franchise based off of the character that he created. Yeah. What did he mean to you growing up, Ruggs? Well, I just remember. My one of my my most memorable theater experiences is going to the the theater to see Rocky three. Yeah. And that's the one where Apollo comes and like gets Rocky to start training and he trains Rocky and they're wearing the half shirts and they're doing the footwork together and then they're running on the beach. And then they hug each other. It's the most iconic fucking training montage. And then they get into these very strange, uh, I don't know, apparatus at the end of the movie that look like giant cod pieces. <laughs> and they fight each other in the ring. And it's very homoerotic. And uh, I was like, I fucking love Apollo. He, he, he fucking saved Rocky. He restored Rocky's Eye of the Tiger. The pa- and the painting? his will to fight. And... Uh, yeah, I mean that. From then on, I was a fan of of Apollo Creed. Anthony, the man gave us the, the the you know what all training montages are now based on. Most iconic training montage, the most iconic macho handshake in film history, in Predator. <laughs> yeah, iconic. What? Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, what did he mean to you? You know, I'm not going to be super melodramatic and say like he meant the world to me or some shit, but um, 
for someone that I don't know that uh, was on TV, I, I think this one this one hit a little bit more than yeah. a normal yeah. death would. I think uh, I I was a huge Rocky fan growing up, and he has a a big part in the Rocky series. You know, his death in Rocky Four mm. is an all time death. What a character movies. arc through throughout the whole yeah, all the great, movies. great character arc. Um, and then you know, as a kid, then seeing him in Predator and be like, that's Apollo Creed. Mm. Holy shit, his arm gets ripped off. What the fuck? <laughs> like, he was in the winner of our 90s or yes, 80s fucking 80s, movie. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's an all-timer. I, I loved him in those two movies. I got to really appreciate him more as I grew up seeing him in um, uh, Happy Gilmore. No, uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Chubbs is great. Yeah, Chubbs. With the hand. Damn it, look at he got my hand. <laughs> I got his eye. So good. Um, and then, uh, and then seeing him as an adult in Action Jackson. Oh my God, Action like, Jackson! Why did why? I'm just thinking to myself, why wasn't that a franchise? Yeah, I mean, he's an all. <laughs> and then, you know, and then getting to revisit him in in Mando, and you know, I, I think this is one of those where, as a kid, I have a I have a connection to the guy because I, as a kid, I saw him in some of my favorite shit, and he was he was likable for the most part in a yeah. lot of my favorite shit. In the world of Hollywood stardom. To be able to play multiple characters that are memorable, yeah. like you got, he has Action Jackson, he has Grief Carter, he has Apollo Creed, he has the guy from Happy Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. So he got like four good ones yeah. in in his lifetime, and that's like more than a lot of people do. So uh, you got to hand it to the guy. And apparently from all the stuff I've read, just like a really great dude, like a great human being, and he, you know, he protected the arts and uh, everybody loved him. It's so sad. Like kinda, he was a football player. I believe. Yeah, he played for the Raiders. Did you know that Anthony? Originally, he was a football player. Uh, yeah, I think I was aware that he played football. Briefly played for the Raiders. He, before. He, he was. I mean, it's 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 interesting to me that he wasn't even bigger than he yeah than he already was. Yeah, he had it all. He yeah. had the charisma. He had the physique. He had the look. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, acted as a pretty good shit, uh, but. He was up Out there. the ass. Yeah. yeah. Like more charisma than Seagal. Fuck. Yeah. It's he should have been more charisma than Jean-Claude action Jackson. Some kind of franchise. He could. He easily... just couldn't do the splits, which was, you know, <laughs> he did a lot of television also, and we will still see him. There is a Super Bowl commercial for FanDuel with Rob Gronkowski. That's out. That's going to be played. They're adjusting the ad a little bit. Uh, he really cooled off after the '80s, though. Yeah, but then he kind of, like he kind of, Mando kind of like brings him back, right? Like, and suddenly yeah. Carl Weathers, and yeah, he had a swan song. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, fuck, Carl, well, grief carga is great, and every time it goes, Mando, Mando, Mando. There's a whole supercut video of him just saying Mando. You know, it's fantastic. It just always <laughs> makes you feel good when he's on the screen. Uh, so yeah. Hey, man! All I can tell you is, at the end of the day, the iconic. American flag undies, those were Apollo. Oh yeah. The boxers. The flag and those boxers. will live on in my in my dreams and in my in my heart as in my inner child yeah. for the rest of my Apollo life. Apollo so Creed will live on. Thank you so much, Carl Weathers, for everything you've done. Yes. Yeah. And uh plus one to that. Yeah. That's right. Would say. I don't know if the kids say that. They say I that? agree. Is that what I don't know? Yes. True dad. They don't say that. <laughs> they don't kids say definitely that. don't say they true dad, no. Uh, and then, wait, one last thing. Speaking of the Super Bowl, it's this weekend. Expect Deadpool 3 trailer and some other things. You see the logo? <laughs> yes. Uh, 
what Faisi was wearing this hat. Did you see this, Rugs? It was like half Wolverine, half dead. Yes, I just had it. It's actually really cool. And I was looking at it. I was like, I would fucking wear that in a second. That's a fucking great hat. Half Deadpool, half Wolverine. I like it. Um, I think, yeah, next week we'll have trailer reaction. Finally getting a trailer for the only MCU movie coming out. Are you? I, we've probably discussed this before, Imran, but are you the type to watch the Super Bowl and really enjoy watching the commercials? I do enjoy the commercials, but this year, I feel like yeah. they've put them all out already. Like, it was on Good Morning America. They're all on the internet. I don't know if there's going to be any. Yeah. I don't know if there's going to be any surprises. Should we do Super Bowl predictions right now? You want to? I'm drunk enough to do it. <laughs> let's hear you. Let's hear what you two got to say I, I about the Super Bowl. I want to hear Ruggs drunk Super Bowl uh, prediction. I think that... Um, <laughs> I think that Kansas City's going to win. Oh shit. Okay. I think they're going to win. They're going to be there's going to be multiple touchdowns. <laughs> I feel like maybe in the upper 20s high score. A uh, score. Okay. And uh, I think Travis Kelsey's going to going to score a touchdown. Gonna, and then he's going to propose to Taylor on the field. Yes. After all of those things. Yes. <laughs> if he wins, does he propose? What do you got I, Anthony? I mean, what's the real what's the real prediction? The the I mean that if he if that's not going to happen. If he, <laughs> but if he if he did propose on the field, I mean, the, the world would explode. It would. It would be yeah. the end of everything. What's your prediction for the score? How, how high do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be a blowout? What do you think? No, I don't think it'll be a blowout. The, the 49ers are the better all-around team, but the Chiefs have the championship pedigree and they have the better quarterback. They got more experience. They have more experience. Both teams are experienced, but Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl. Like two years ago, right? Of- they Isn't the San year. Francisco ch- uh, kicker shaky a little bit? Uh, you know that I'm not sure. They're, they're, they have a quarter. Their quarterback is was the last pick in the NFL draft a couple years ago. Yeah. Um. So 30. he's a good story. Yeah. I will go. This is a, this is gonna be a close game. I think the Chiefs will win. Oh. I think they're. I'm. I think they're gonna win twenty seven twenty four. And uh, so there will be more than a couple touchdowns, and um. We'll get a lot of cuts to Taylor Swift, and <laughs> everyone will scream conspiracy because the Chiefs win, and that they'll everyone will think that the NFL wanted the, them to win so they could bank off of Taylor Swift. Now I'm 100 percent sure that the San Francisco. I'm gonna, gonna go. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, upset San Francisco in the final minutes just to watch uh, Taylor Swift fans explode. I don't know. That's what I'm now. Calling. What do you think about a safety? Is that going to happen? Highly no likely. safeties? No, highly likely. Zero safeties. All right. There you have it. Look, there you have Let's it. Make your bets, people. Put your bets out. You could go to FanDuel. Get on with FanDuel that. right now. Go to FanDuel with those top quality <laughs> predictions with you some money. Of people who have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, a brand. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it should be interesting. Again, Deadpool 3 trailer. That's all I'm looking for. Let's take a break here. I'm going to play some promos and come back and talk about a spy movie. Uh, by Matthew Vaughn with Henry Cavill in it just for a little bit, right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up? This is Brian, and I'm the host of Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. That's right, a podcast dedicated to my favorite TV show, Parks and Rec. Every week I discuss my favorite things about the show, which include character breakdowns, episode rewatches, and other random facts and tidbits about the show. You can find me on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and listen wherever you get your podcast now. You will literally love it. 
Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post-credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! And Listen, if you enjoy the show, if we make you giggle or chuckle or guffaw or scoff or sigh or, or pee a little or bit, pee a little bit, all of those things you can give back and by joining our fun Patreon fan club, visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And you can give back on a monthly or annual basis and get access to things like the real podcast feed is over there because the shows come out early. There's instant reactions to movies. There's bonus content. Uh, you can join us on our monthly Discord hangout. This month's Discord will be February 22nd, Thursday, Feb 22, 2024. Put it in your calendar. You can pick a movie for us to watch. There's a tier where you get an exclusive T-shirt. And we appreciate all the continued support. Keeps the show going and ad-free. You want ads? If you want ads, don't give us anything. If you don't want ads, sign up to the Patreon. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Uh, all right. Let's get to this week's movie review. We all kind of last minute decided at the end of the show last week that, hey, there's a Matthew Vaughn action movie coming out. We should probably watch it. It might be entertaining. It's called- I don't know if it came down like that. I think we was more like... What else hey, is out there? What else are we going to talk about? <laughs> I got Let's nothing. Do we that. need content. What do we do? Yes. I, yeah, it was out of desperation. But yes, yes, the Matthew Vaughn thing helped. And it's kind of like the only thing that was coming out this weekend does not have a lot of competition. Of course, I'm talking about the movie Argyle with two L's. Argyle. And two Lipas. And two Lipas. Coincidence? I don't, I don't know. know. It's all a big conspiracy. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. It's all because of Taylor Swift. You'll see. Uh, Argyle, this spy action comedy here on a, the Rotten Tomatoes. Let's have a look. What's it doing? Well, on Tomato Meter, 34%. Oh, my God. It's dropped down that far. 4.9 out of 10 average score. The audience likes it about 71%. Hmm. But, hmm. yeah, critics, 34%. The budget of this movie it's a reported $200 million, and there's been some pushback and some Oof. things that I'm not sure, because uh, basically in August of 2021, Apple Apple's putting this movie out. They bought the rights for the film for $200 million. That's been reported. But some people are saying the production budget was actually $200 million. Some people saying as high as two fifty, dollars and Matthew Vaughn has refuted all of this saying, I don't even know how to spend that much money. So uh, I think it, the pandemic hurt it and probably did inflate the budget. And maybe they, I don't know how you spent $200 million on this, but it's possible. What does it make? Box office opening weekend. It makes a whole $18 million. Oh, shit. Domestic opening weekend. Currently, it's sitting at just $34 million. Worldwide. Big flop, what they call. I mean, it is February. There's not a lot coming out. The box office is probably not great, but fuck, $18 million. Uh, This movie directed by one Matthew Vaughn, who you may know from such films as what? Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, Kingsman, The Secret Service, my favorite movie. 
uh, and written by Jason <laughs> Fuchs, who also, he's in the movie, and he wrote on Wonder Woman. He wrote the story for Wonder Woman. Uh, it's kind of his big thing he wrote in the past, starring a crazy, eclectic cast. Henry Cavill. You got Bryce Dallas Howard as Ellie Conway. Sam Rockwell. You got Brian Cranston. You got Dua Lipa. You got John Cena. You got Ariana DeBose. Richard E. Grant is in this for a hot second. Uh, and I think that's the main cast. Did I miss anyone? Sam, of course, Sam Jackson. Also featured in the marketing material. Yes, and the posters wildly misleading on this. I will talk about that. If you look at the posters. Anthony, tell me about your theater experience and what happens in this PG-13, two-hour, 13-minute Oh, sorry. Two hour, 19 minute long ass movie. Argyle theater experience. Um, Sunday late afternoon, early evening. I was one of two people. In oh, the theater. shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, similar. Uh, that, that, that's your theater experience right there. Wow. Uh, as far as the movie, this movie is about a writer named Ellie Conway, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is writing fictional novels about a super spy called Argyle, played by Henry Cavill, and about his adventures and all this type of espionage shit. And it's a best-selling series of books. But in writing her books, she has attracted the attention of some nefarious people, including one played by Brian Cranston, who are looking to get her because she is writing things that are very close to what is really happening in that world and uh sam rockwell is there to protect her um, so there's basically two groups of people out to get her and figure out the link between what she's writing and why it's playing out so realistically in the real world yeah, and you know the trailer lays out that premise really well, and then what you get is bunch of twists, bunch of plot twists, one right after another. Rugs, uh, what was your theater experience? And are these posters not misleading? Because you have right in the oh, yeah, front completely. of all, all these I mean, posters. I knew Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, and Sam Jackson, who are all in the movie for about five minutes. My expectations were not that he's going to be in the movie a lot for some reason. Maybe yes. that's just my, my own savvy, but like, I was like, yeah, these guys are just going to be in it to like kind of bookend this thing. And I got what I expected, but the theater that I was in, I was opening night first show opening night. And uh, the theater had about, I would say it was about 25% to 30% full. Yeah. So there were people there, but it wasn't full by any means. It was like about halfway would be would would be generous. But so this movie was not was what I expected. It's like I knew that it was going to be mainly about Bryce Dallas Howard's character and Sam Rockwell. So I wasn't like shocked about that. Uh, I do think that the posters were misleading and some people might go in wanting a Henry Cavill movie right? and get, not yeah. getting it. Yeah. But for some reason, I wasn't expecting that. So I was kind of like not pissed off at that particular thing. I I could see how someone would be pissed off about that. But I wasn't uh, particularly pissed off about that. Uh, Anthony, at the end of the movie, the three people and you leave. What are you feeling? Two. I think two, it's two. Two people. Oh, no, three. I'm sorry. Three. Yeah, okay, right. three. So four total. Yeah. Uh, three total. Yeah. Three total. Yeah. 
Uh, what did I think of the movie? I normally, I, I preface by saying I, I usually enjoy Matthew Vaughn movies. I liked Kingsman. I don't know why Imran has such a hard line against that movie. I think that's a good action movie. Love Kick-Ass. I liked X-Men First Class. So Matthew Vaughn, I usually really connect with his movies. Um, this one, I did not connect with. Um, I thought the plot was, was pretty ridiculous. Um, there was some fun stuff, but I thought there was some really bad CGI. I know he likes to kind of have a heightened reality. But for me, it didn't really work here. And then the amount of twists on twists on twists, I think, were a little bit too much. But the, I think the biggest thing for me was just I just didn't understand why the bad guys would brainwash someone to write books yeah. about what, to get to yeah. a secret. Like, just brainwash her to give you the secret. <laughs> I don't understand why. Like, the plot was just so, it was just too elaborate Yeah. to really, for me to be like, yeah, like, this makes sense. I, I don't. I couldn't get with that. So it made for the first half of the movie to me, for me to be really almost kind of boring. Once the reveal happens that Bryce Dallas Howard is agent R. Kyle, I kind of got a little bit more into it, but it just didn't like there, there was two big action scenes at the end. One was a little more fun than the other. Yeah. But unlike Kingsman, which built like good characters that I connected with and then connected crescendoed into action. I felt like this one, had characters I just couldn't get into because of the plot. And then it just had this action at the end that was kind of tonally all over the place. And yeah, sometimes that shit works for Matthew Vaughn, but I'm going to say for this movie, it didn't. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Rugs, opening thoughts. You know, like everybody kind of was showed up for this movie and they did their thing. And Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, brought what she she brought this like kind of like innocent quality and like this kind of scared little like anxious person that was like paranoid about getting on planes. And then Sam Rockwell comes in is like the unlikely spy and that he's kind of like not what you think of the typical leading man. Like and you have the contrast against Henry Cavill, who's just like buff, you know, good looking dude. And you have all these things that are working, but then you have other choices that kind of n- make it not work. And I think number one, let's say, okay, she, she writes stories about spies. She actually was a spy. She's writing her memories is the big, why twist. would she make Argyle so unrealistic? Like, like why would Argyle be a guy with like from a, the nineties with a high top fade <laughs> that and like a green suit that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And all of this stuff that's like, 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 like not realistic at all. And um, so that was weird. And then uh, at the same time, like she's writing stuff that already happened. And she's not telling the future like they're trying to make it seem like she's catching up to like the present. Yeah. So like I didn't even get that whole line of thinking. So it's like this is what happens. You have this. There's the. The, the lamest excuse for having a shitty movie is it's a comedy. Yeah. Because you the minute you say it's a comedy, like, you have to not take it seriously. Nothing has to make... Yeah, it's a comedy. Like, you know, we're making you laugh. Ha ha. But, like, 
you still like either got to make me laugh a lot to the point where like I urinate on myself a little bit yeah, uh, I, <laughs> or like, you know, whatever, or it's not funny enough to justify what you're doing. The, this kind of weak ass thing. Right. And all these twists and turns that are like, they just put them there. So I, I, I look, there's fun to be had. If you watch the movie, there are some fun moments, but there's really bad CG. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's a comedy. You can't have, but they spent two million, two hundred million dollars uh, on it. So now, like, like every argument that you make, like usually a comedy has a lower budget. This had a fucking high budget. This had a, a budget of a Marvel movie. So like all of these excuses that usually a comedy would give you, they don't have it yeah. here. Yeah. So it's just bad. Like that's when you start to see through the facade of, oh, it's a comedy, and you go, that's just not really a great movie. And I also think that. A lot of the things that they tried to get. So, like, you're supposed to believe that Bryce Dallas Howard is really the spy, like the best spy yeah, in the world. So she plays like two characters, right? In the first half and the second half and arguably plays one character as a little more believable. Than yes. The other character. So when they make the transition to to our Kyle. Yes. Rachel. Like, Kyle. They do the the the. um Long kiss, good night, where the, she dyes her hair blonde and yeah. has all of the smoky eye. Yeah. And it's just like in the combat boots, like it's like really on the nose. And, and a uh, very unflattering gold dress. That dress is I fucking that dress. I felt bad. She looked uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. She didn't look like she's carrying that. She looked like she was like, like sucking in the whole time and. Trying to walk a I certain mean, it's way. It's supposed to match the dress Dua Lipa's wearing at the beginning, right? But that's two different body types. No. And you know what? Like, she's not at her best in this movie. Like, she looks great now. Yeah. Like, if you look at it, if you saw her now and when they made this movie, it was, she's a, you know, she's, she's changed a lot. But the point is, is like, you know, it just, even if the, even if the person's in not at their best, which is fine, the wardrobe should accommodate that person. So when I'm watching you in this dress, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable yeah. for you. Yeah. Like, um, so there's just a wardrobe thing that it just it just didn't work at that at a certain point. It just it it was not where it was obviously they CGI'd her face on a on a stunt double, and when the ice in the in the ice rink thing or the the oil rink thing that they did. Oh yeah, we'll that, get to that. That's ridiculous. So it's like they they kind of were like. They were really like maxing out like CG, bad choices all around. It starts off good because you have all these things at play. But then when they make that twist, it doesn't quite work. And it just seems like they tried to uh, any of the weaknesses. They tried to just use that. It's a comedy as an excuse to do a lot of these like lame, lame things like bad CGI, bad cat CGI. You don't need this cat. This cat, a cat. Was, like, the a cat, cat. was a dumb character the to be cat. involved. But Henry Cavill gets to do the windmill move on Dua Lipa. That was all right in the beginning up on his show. I was like, wow, that's yeah. quite a thing. Look, for me, at the end of this, like this was this was going to be a test about Matthew Vaughn as a director. And I really was like, do I even like Matthew Vaughn? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. And this is not a good movie. It's ridiculous. It's uneven. But halfway through this movie, I was like, oh, I see the shit they're doing. This is ridiculous. I'm going to turn my brain off. And I ended up enjoying it. 
It is way too long. It's 20 minutes too long. This thing absolutely. This thing could have been on a streamer also. This you know, it's like a great throwaway just turn your brain off fucking comedy. Um his style sometimes annoys me how cartoony and exaggerated it gets, but in the scenes where they're, you know, kind of doing the book in her head, it made sense that it would look like that. So if this was a $50 million direct to screen stream movie, then we would have a different conversation. Yeah. And the whole thing with Henry Cavill is like she, he's a figment of her imagination. She it keeps flick flickering between Sam Rockwell's character and Henry Cavill. It's kind of weird. I will say Sam Rockwell steals the movie. He made me laugh the hardest. He's great in this. But because it's Matthew Vaughn, of course, you're going to get fucking CGI smoke and people doing a choreographed dance during a gunfight and then fucking ice skating on oil. But but it's it's I don't know. It's like not good. Like there was there was too many twists. Some of the twists I didn't see coming. Some were predictable, but it just goes on and on. (laughs) And there's like no stakes. Really? With the master file, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what the master file what it does i'm not sure what it was I, mean, just, I, I, I just it, i go back to i just don't understand why the villains would brainwash the girl brainwash our kyle in the hopes that she this, would write in the hopes that she would write about <laughs> she would the master file book. like what and like, and, and, and the timeline of a f- five years she wrote all those books right so you're, you're gonna like like what's the game like what's the long game here why are you why do you need this to happen over five years? Don't you need this information? <laughs> They're just waiting for her and to then, catch up. And the thing is, is, like, we've seen this before. So we've seen, you know, amnesia storylines with Jason Bourne and, and Captain Marvel and uh, the list goes on and on. So it's nothing new. The twist on it being the book, like, was somewhat interesting. But then when the reveal happens that they pl- there was the villains doing it, it just makes it so, in, like so much more incomprehensible why they would even do that to get this information. It's very convoluted and uh, unnecessary. And it, it seems to me similar to other directors that sometimes get a little unhinged. I think in this movie, Matthew Vaughn just went way too wild. It is the most Matthew Vaughn movie. And uh, I feel like, cause a lot of his movies are rated R and this one's PG 13. I feel like at some points he was a little bit reined in and maybe it worked better. He didn't go crazy over the top, but then in some parts like the cat parts and the fucking colored smoke, he does go, they let him go over the top. So I well, can't I, tell I, I if this rating helped or hurt him. I, I think that was over the top, but that's more in line with what he does anyways. But yeah. I, I thought he went more over top with, how deep he was going into this spy thing with just a twist on top of a twist yeah. on top of another twist. And it's just for some people that might've been riveting for me, it just felt lazy. It felt like, okay, now we're just tw- doing twists to do them. Cause there was, I think there was probably like four instances of twists. What about Brian Cranston and, and, uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin's mom. Yeah, Catherine uh, O'Hara is great. Yeah. So let's go over the twist real quick. The first twist, and it kind of got me, is she's talking to her mom, and then they're waiting for her dad, and her dad is the fucking bad guy. And I was like, right. what? I was like, get the fuck out of here. I said that out loud. I was like, get the fuck out of here. What is yeah, this? Yeah, that didn't work either. And then you see the mom gets shot, and you're not really sure if these are her real parents. But then the twist. Well, no, I'm, before that, the yeah. twist was 
the twist was a tease twist where it was Rockwell cl- telling someone on the phone that he needs oh, to put a bullet gonna, in her head. Right. We got and then she freaks out and runs. But like, but they established in the beginning of the movie. So the reason why I'm talking about uh, Macaulay Culkin's mom, yeah. is because Esther O'Hara. Because <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, she's writing the last book, right? And then she comes and interjects. And so she, you could tell that she's got power over what she writes. Because she's right. like, where's the rest of this? This is a cliffhanger. Yeah, so, what happens next? So like, she could have guided all these things to not be like the truth and not have to like, you know, whatever. Right. So like, it doesn't make, it's just impractical. It just yeah. makes no sense. It's just so far. There has to be some sort of tie down to reality. And it just, when you un, unpack the plot, it, it just doesn't make sense at all. It's a comedy, Anthony. It's a comedy. It doesn't have to make sense. It's convoluted as fuck. The second, okay, go, the, go to the twist. The second twist is when Sam Jackson, who really doesn't get to do much, but just like sit in a chair at a desk right. the whole time. Alfie, he tells her that she used to be a division agent. She's Agent Arkyle. She's highly trained, and her, the, the heads of the thing brainwashed her, reprogrammed her, gave her all these memories, and that's why... She thinks those are her parents. The novels are actually her memories. They need her to write where the fucking master file is. Then it gets it gets muddy. And then she apparently flips and is on their side as you see her shoot Sam Rockwell. But that's a whole fucking well, because because she was also a double agent for them, apparently for the, the oh, division, the division. She was a double agent. Is that what happened? I didn't even catch yeah. that part. Holy shit. That's, that's why so they're all like, oh, yeah, she was one of her yeah. best agents. Then you get a whole like ticking clock thing as she's trying to upload this file and it gets interrupted and they got to press the button. We've seen all this in other movies. Uh, and then uh, Macaulay Culkin's mom pulls a fucking Winter Soldier and activates her. And uh, you see her fight uh, Sam Rockwell. And- well, no, but you're, going, you're also skipping. I don't know if it's necessarily a twist, but What's Sam Rockwell twist? is still alive. Oh, because right. He sh- she shot him through whatever the fuck. Which is what she did in the book and oh, how she was going to bring that, back her friend. The, yeah, and the, oh, and her friend, played by Ariana DeBose, who's in it for like one minute. The court, the coronary hallway or something. Like yeah. she was so she remembered and without any training, after five years, could shoot so accurately to yeah. shoot through. The it's body a comedy and humor. not hit anything. Okay, it's a comedy. Also, they blow up an oil tanker. This this would probably be a really big environmental it's a disaster. Humor. <laughs> think of all the penguins and then just before we get into some of the action scenes i gotta go over this end because i was completely confused by the end of this fucking movie completely at the end everything is done she's finished writing the book she's doing the book tour and she reads the final chapter and people are asking questions and then this dude henry cavill with like a mullet and he's like got chewing tobacco in his mouth stands up and he says something like, I bet you're, you can't wait to meet me or something. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like the actual Agent Argyle, who we thought was a figment of her imagination, a character in a book. This whole time is at the book reading. What does that mean? Then did you guys stay for the mid-credit no, scene? I did not see the I mid-credit so scene. In the mid, Anthony, describe the mid-credit scene. It makes no sense. The mid-credit scene is sometime in the past with at a Kingsman bar they're, yeah I'd they're say. in a bar in like the uk and it says the king's yeah. man and um this character this young teenager comes up and talks to the bartender and basically is like i want in to the kingsman program 
And then the bartender's like, okay, Mr. Argyle. So it's basically... Aubrey Argyle. Then, he says yeah, my Aubrey name Ar- is Aubrey Argyle. And then it ends with... Oh, book, yeah. Next up was like book one, <laughs> chapter one of Argyle's story or something along those lines. Yes. Which is now basically saying Argyle, they're going to do a prequel and it's going to be about the book that... That's in the Agent movie. Argyle was writing about in the movie and she was writing about a real person named Argyle herself. who was part of the Kingsman. No. Oh. Not herself. Oh. He was writing about the real Argyle. Oh. What the fuck? Which makes no sense whatsoever. Yes. Yeah, so is she Argyle? Argyle. Yeah. So. She, she should, we've, this whole time we've been what? led to believe she's writing about her own memories. Right. But, but in real essence, Argyle. what they're saying, shut up, everyone. What they're saying is there's a real Argyle as well that she was writing about. Oh, in history, thought, and he was one of the Kingsmen. What the fuck? This makes, it's a comedy, Imran. This makes the fuck no <laughs> sense at all. So Matt Vaughn has said, "Oh, I'm doing like a shared universe. Like I got the Kingsmen over here. We're gonna yep. have this Argyle universe right. over here." And then he said, "There's gonna be a third franchise that he's gonna intertwine." Something in the middle. This movie flops so hard. I don't see how you're gonna get them to. No, make this a is gonna damage part. Matthew Vaughn really badly. It's. Gonna make Apple think twice about sinking two hundred million dollars into something like this. Like this could have been a great movie. Yes, this could have been a great movie with a few. Like, first of all, this is how I would have fixed this movie. I would have toned the comedy down, made it more of like a black comedy. All right, that's number one. It could still be funny. It could still be in on itself because it's a very self-aware movie that's obviously doing things on purpose. Like everything's on the nose. Instead of it being on the nose, I would move it over just a little bit so it wouldn't be so on the nose. Okay. I wouldn't I would change Argyle to not being a cartoon character, actually looking like a spy and creating this actual, like almost a real spy world. And then that's serious. And then what's happening in the real world is a little bit more funny. All right. So you're playing Argyle straight, but you're doing the stuff that the romance stuff is a little bit quirky. And that that'll work out. That'll work way better. And um little, and then I, I would also like cut the movie down by like twenty minutes and not have so many twists and turns. This, get rid of the parents uh, being this involved. This should have been a ninety minute fucking movie. Yeah. Easily. I think the parents being involved in her life and being related to her. Yeah. It works for for it's a cheap thrill. Yeah. But then it doesn't it, it actually makes everything worse. So and yeah. and more ridiculous. To, just to add, the mid credit scene ends with Argyle quote or, uh, colon book one. The movie will be coming soon. Argyle. So the book from the movie is going to be a movie. It's so that, very meta. So I don't think it's based on a re- this is just the story of Argyle that she wrote. And now we're going to get a series on this character that she wrote on the right. Henry but, Cavill character. But Henry, but the Henry Cavill character, Argyle, is a real character that was in Kingsman. In the Kingsman. That's in the Kingsman universe. Oh. Right. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying how what I'm thinking is definitive, but that's why it's so confusing because she was literally writing about herself. But now we're being told either we're going super meta and we're going to do a movie on the book she was writing. Right. Or that was a real person. And now she was writing about something that was not in her memories. I don't know. I think that's way too convoluted. Right. It has to be that they're just translating her book. Yeah, and now we know that Matthew Vaughn had plans to cross these all over. Yeah. So I don't think it's that super meta. I think it's really her writing about an Argyle. That she didn't even know was a real person. That she didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. So then what was this whole fucking movie about? Why why did this movie happen? 
Uh, it doesn't hey, make But hey, sense. I like the ice skating scene. I'll throw okay, so there. I wanted to go real quick. <laughs> Let's go through some of the action scenes because there was some there was some decent action. The opening scene is is cartoony. It's kind of fun with the John Cena and Henry Cavill and her lifting him her him lifting her up off the bike and stuff. The train fight I thought was very well. What if that was very well done? It was kinetic. I like the use good. of his cameras. I like there. I like Sam Rockwell. So Sam anything Rockwell Sam Rockwell is great. Good. Oh my god. Well, Vaughn can do action. We he, know this. Yeah, he yeah. is great, and Sam is great in this movie. Um, the colored hallway, colored smoke scene. Not my favorite. No, the the CGI. It's like so obviously CGI smoke. It takes you out of it. Like it was so bad. It had and, uh, I, needle I, drop in there. And I feel like we saw a better version of this in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Uh, we we also saw a better version of this in Kingsman when he oh, with yeah. the church one the one, church one, scene yes and the, and they're fucking doing this choreographed dance this ballet while they're shooting yeah. people it's fucking it's horrible and then this skating on oil scene I swear to God he had to be inspired by this Tom and Jerry cartoon you ever see you must remember this where they the Tom is chasing it's Jerry another little mouse and they flood the kitchen with water and they pull out the wires from the refrigerator and they freeze. The water and they can ice skate on it and Tom's slipping around and they make makeshift fucking blades. And I'm like, this is a Tom and Jerry cartoon. What the fuck is going on? At that point, I had just completely shut my brain off and I was like, oh, look, this is fun. She's fucking skating. Yeah, but there was so much CGI yeah. to try and make it look like, like all that Bryce Dallas was Howard CGI was doing had it to be because yeah. like they, they CGI'd her. Like, they deep faked her face onto a like a stunt woman. Yeah, they're yeah. doing like the jumps and the turns and everything. And it was just really bad. So, like, even though the idea and the concept was good and you could have fun with it, I, I still think that you can't really congratulate that scene because it's still got many, it many, so many flaws. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. So two, two quick comments. I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think not only the CGI being bad there, but there's just a lot of random scenes where they're outside and it looks CGI. Oh, the green which is screen really strange. is horrible. Yes. Yeah. And then the second thing I had to add, because Imran mentioned it, this was one of the first movies ever. And granted, there were only three people in the theater, so I would never do this in another movie. This is one of the first movies ever where I was pulling out my phone and oh, looking at the score oh for like different bit games that were happening. Oh, no, because it's too long. It didn't need to be It was long. so, long, so and, long. And just I knew the, it was an empty theater, so no one would get mad at me. Did you feel yeah. that there was good chemistry? Uh, you know what? It wasn't bad. It was decent. With who? Uh, actually, no. I take that back. Sam no, Rockwell so. and Bryce Dallas Howard. The fact like that's another twist that they were like a couple, oh, right? Yeah. He was in love yeah. with her. Right. And I no, was I like, did, I didn't think they had great chemistry. I didn't think I didn't really buy that. Me either. neither. I, I thought really that they it. acted well, but yes. I don't think they had chemistry. I think everyone yeah, did. You, yeah. I never bought that she would be into him. Yeah. Yeah. She played, I also never bought that she was a spy. <laughs> no, that part. I can't. You cannot. <laughs> those buy two that things. Those two things are you need are crucial <laughs> for the, the movie to work. Right. The writer version of this character. She's perfect. I absolutely buy that. She's Ellie Conway. Right, I could not buy the fucking second half of her. She, she, she. Unfortunately, Bryce Dallas Howard is always going to be the girl that ran away from T Rex in heels. Like, yes, and she that, did that she's well. She's not play spy. <laughs> she, no. Speaking of spy, especially yeah. Okay, I'll, you know, you guys yeah. already hinted, especially in the shape she is in for this movie. Well, this, yeah, you know. I mean, like, it's just. It's not even that. Just the way that they outfitted her made it worse. Yeah, they right. just yeah, the it just, they didn't do her helped. any favors. The the writer fit. I was like, oh, she looks really nice. Yeah. The 
dress fit as a spy, yeah, very bad. How are you going to yeah. find a dress that fits both Dua Lipa and Bryce Dallas Howard and looks good on both of them? That's Don't even try doing it. Make, impossible. You know, it, yeah. yeah. They try to make and it like... Why is she that supposed to be a Dua Lipa anyway? She's, isn't I, she a diff, another yeah. spy She's entirely? She's supposed to be Argyle, and like, but Sam uh, Aiden is Argyle? I'm, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah it doesn't and then even she's make sense. seeing visions of Argyle yeah. talking to yeah. her. The whole time, he's like her little guy. And then that's supposed to be her talking to herself i guess but, but she's but then again the ending upends that because now there's a real argyle that she's that we're making a movie about that was a young guy in the king's like what it's too meta for its own good i, I don't know. yeah he I, this similar to like snyder and some other people this is just the guy just a little bit unhinged so yeah i was gonna say matt vaughn reminds me a little bit of james gunn a little bit of guy Ritchie, a little bit yeah, of zach snyder oh yeah got indulgent i think james gunn handles the comedy and the over the topness better uh i just there's something about matt vaughn's style also this story isn't very original i had to watch lost city after this with sandra bullock uh channing tatum brad pitt it's yeah i recommended it the beginning of the movie is exactly the same fucking movie right down to the words on the screen and she's having writer's (laughs) block and they're re they're making the movie in her head it's the same fucking movie. It's also and it came out like two years. Yes, it just came out and it's it's better. It's not bad. It's also like romancing the stone. There's a little bit of Jason Bourne. There's a, there, I mean, Cavill would have made a great James Wait, Bond. Imran, you you don't like any Matthew Vaughn movies? I oh, let me tell you the ones I like. Kick Ass is fantastic, and I like X Men First Class. And the first Kingsman is probably that one. The best Kingsman. The others are, I think, are worse. So what about you, Rugs? Yeah. I think those are his best. I like Kick-Ass 1, yeah. First Class, Kingsman. I don't know what else. What is the other so movies? Stardust. Cake. Yeah, Layer Cake and Stardust. Stardust is actually really kind of cool. Stardust is that Neil Gaiman story, right? Yeah, it's it, it's like a f- story about fairies and shit. And then Layer Cake is his first movie, which I heard is oh, good. Oh, Layer Cake is good. I've not seen it. Layer Cake is good. But I think this may be like... Maybe his weakest movie. It's just too. It's yeah, very. I, think, I agree. I think it's, it's his weakest indulgent. movie. I haven't seen The King's Man, but yeah, I think. Like, it's no, I heard. I heard that's uh, just it's slightly meh. better than it's this. Meh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this really. It should have been a streaming fucking movie. It would have been fine. Well, here, here's the thing, though. Uh, I'll give Matthew Vaughn this. I did not like this movie. Matthew Vaughn. You watch a Matthew Vaughn film, and you're like, I don't watch a ton of films. Like, like the, he looks different. He does stuff differently yeah. than other Stylistic. people. He might he might steal some stuff, yeah. but he's got his own thing going on yeah. here. Yeah, similar to like the James Gunn and Guy Ritchie, right? They do. They definitely have a Let, style. I, I, I'm gonna make a comparison. Uh, fuck, what the name is? Is the name of the guy who directed uh, Baby Driver? Uh, oh, oh yeah, well, uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar yeah, he's kind of like so Edgar, Wright, like Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Ed, they they both kind of do similar things yeah. like they both their movies exist in their own world mm-hmm. that kind of are, are on their own reality. But Edgar Wright, you know, you're first of all, he doesn't spend anywhere near as much as money and he plays to the strengths of the actors, which is character. And it's it's obviously a comedy and there's no like he just knows what he's doing more. Uh, even though we kind of retread stuff, they and, and so does Vaughn. They retread their own steps. They do their own moves over and over yeah, again. They have their bag of tricks, right? And you're gonna pull from so your bag of tricks. They're kind of like two sides of the same coin. They're just very similar in how they do things. But I think Edgar Wright does it better because Baby Driver, yeah, was like him kind of stepping. 
into like a different world a little bit and he really pulled that one off i mean i think out of all these directors Edgar Wright, james gunn guy Ritchie, snyder matt vaughn like my least favorite is gonna be your matt vaughn and your zach snyder i mean i think i even like snyder a little bit better than the matt vaughn at this point i don't know <laughs> okay here real quick let's get into the whole taylor swift of it all I, this is what i think happened and i remember what, hearing, what is this i remember hearing this months ago Basically, that the rumor was this movie was ghostwritten by Taylor Swift. Here's how that happened. What? Yes. This is what I remember hearing this like two months ago. And all these articles have been coming out. I think this is what happened from what I can. Not deduce. a chance. It started with a marketing stunt. So this book is real. You can buy Argyle written by Ellie Conway on Amazon. I think the marketing team was trying to do this stunt. There's actually a Twitter profile and an Instagram profile for Ellie Conway as if she's a real person. And she wrote this book. People were trying to figure out who Ellie Conway really is. Taylor Swift fans saw a couple of things. The, the term Argyle, the, these puffy sweaters, both of which Taylor loves the cat. This cat is a cat. Taylor Swift has that was in her documentary. And um, just some of the style. And they just started saying, we think Taylor Swift ghost wrote this book. And that became a big thing when, in fact, it's this person. Uh, I think it's been revealed. Uh, the Tammy Cohen, British writer, is the actual writer of the actual meta book, Argyle, that you can buy, which this movie is about, but actually exists or something. It's very strange. I think Swifties need to get boyfriends. That's the all. Swifties <laughs> spending a lot of time with the stupid shit. Yes, this, this, this is absurd. The cat. <laughs> so, but it did inspire Matthew Vaughn. The cat is a Scottish fold. Okay. Matthew Vaughn's kids, his daughters saw the documentary and he's married to Claudia Schiffer, by the way. The mom, Claudia, and the daughters went and got a Scottish fold, did not tell Matthew Vaughn, so he shows up one day. This cat's there. The cat in the movie, I believe, is his cat when oh, it's, it's not, a live cat. It's a CGI cat. cat. What are you when, when, it's a, when it's not the <laughs> CGI cat flying in the air, I believe it's based off his cat, and that cat is because of Taylor Swift. So it's kind of inspired by Taylor Swift, sort of. It's fucking silly. Oh my God. Let me ask you this. Matthew Vaughn in an article has pitched that he wants to do a Red Sun adaptation with Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. I don't think I don't know if I want Matthew Vaughn doing Red Sun. That's a great story. Red Sun is great. I don't. Yeah, I don't want anywhere near it. It'd be the only way you're going to get Cavill back as Superman. But in the meantime, yeah, Red Sun's an awesome story. Yeah. Um, I don't have the disdain for Matthew Vaughn that you do. <laughs> It's not the right um, tone for the Red Sun. No, it's not. But I if mean, he, he does it like first class, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say first class yeah. was pretty restrained. Yeah, yeah. It he he made that movie in what he likes to do. So he loves 60s, 70s, sure. British type stuff. So he he said it there. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he had the Magneto and and Professor X play these buddies in in England. Yeah. That's his wheels house. And he was much more restrained in that movie. And just kick-ass is always going to be great. And I don't know. I mean, those are also kick-ass is not restrained, but yeah, kick-ass is not restrained. And these are all Mark Millar properties, but for some reason, kick-ass, it just works him and Mark Millar's. I think it works better. It works because you have Nicolas Cage doing his best uh, Adam West. That's true. Mark Millar likes Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Clearly. He lets them make movies of all his shit. Yeah. Well, the, the Argyle thing, is that so that Matthew Vaughn's idea? Uh, no, it's a book. It's a, it's, oh, it's a book. But and I, then he wants to cross it over with Kingsman, which is Ma- Mark Millar. Uh, yes. So it's interesting that because yes. I don't know if Mark Millar is involved in Argyle. I, that's the thing is I don't know who owns the char- the movie version. So he's of the creating this shared universe with something that but that's not his, not his idea. Essentially, yeah. Jason Fuchs wrote this, but I don't understand if this book was written for the movie or it was written before. It just came out. The book is like uh, published in uh, 2024. So. I, it's very confusing. They're trying to be meta and cheeky. I don't know. It's a little convoluted. Yeah, it's and, the, and it failed. Yeah, so. and it did. Yeah. I've clearly, clearly. Uh, it didn't make the money it's going to make. So we'll see if your universe continues. Let's rate and uh, give us a ranking. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to rank it at. Just rate it, Anthony. Give me a number. Oh man. Um, yeah, I'm going to go four out of ten. <laughs> okay, that's about right. I'm going to say there's some fun to be had if you turn off your brain like Amron does yeah. very easily for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a five. Yeah. It should have been way better for $200 million. Uh, yeah. Not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not funny. Lame. Uh, yeah. Listen, Dua Lipa being in it gives it some points. She was on the Grammys, opened the Grammys last night. That was great. Uh, it's but it is. It's just like a fun throwaway. Turn your brain off. Don't go see it. Wait till it's on streaming. Five and a half. It's a five and a half from me. Uh, Matthew Vaughn. I don't know Matthew Vaughn's next announced movie. What? Oh, what is it? It's called Project X. Oh, he said he shot us in this past month. He said he shot a secret film in the spy genre, tenderly titled Project X, with Chris Hemsworth and Sam Rockwell. What? Finished it in eleven weeks and Whoa. said it's similar impact to Kick Ass. Uh, a film that is quoted as reinventing the action film genre. So, what the fuck? Really? And he's doing, he also wants to do another sequel and prequel to the Kingsman, Kingsman series. Right. So he loves this fucking spy genre. I think he's really, he loves tr- it. he's trying to like bring it back and make it a shared spy universe or something. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to bring it back. I think he just loves Bond stuff and he's yes, doing it on yeah. his own. Like he'd probably love to do James Bond movie. Yeah. He's got to keep it close. He's got to keep it very, very serious. If you're gonna do it That's, right, yeah. I mean, this comedy, like, where? What's the tone? What's the tone? Yeah, the tone. I wrote that down tonally all over. Like, self-aware stuff is fun sometimes, but like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's everybody's doing it, and it's it stops being fun. Nobody saw it. That's the problem. Even with no competition, I think it did open at number one. But like, clearly, as you guys said, nobody was there. There was hardly anybody in my. In fact, when I showed up on Thursday, like it was the Thursday before it opened, there was nobody in the parking lot. And I got this strange sense from like the four people. There was nobody inside. The four people that were working there were just really mad that I had walked in and they had to play this movie (laughs) for one fucking person because it was going to be they're going to just like there was nobody around at all. I was like, where the fuck is everybody? And they're going to have to just play this for me. And these people are pissed. Like Argyle, really? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Guile. Yeah. All right. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from from the nation. nation. Time for news from the nation. Uh, I got one thing from. Oh (laughs) shit! I I jumped the gun on the fart. Good fart. Thanks. It's thanks. It's 
Thanks. Short and to the point. One thing from our buddy Rick Martinez uh, leaves a comment saying, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And a link to this article that says the MCU breaks a 16-year franchise record with its first ever Razzie nomination. Oh, oh shit. No. The Razzies are out. Uh, and they have received multiple Razzie nominations. Let me have a look here. Uh, that's not good. They did get an Oscar nomination for visual effects. I can do the Razzie. Okay, nomination. give us the Razzie nominations. Razzie 2024. Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania has been nominated for Worst Supporting Actor. Okay. Worst Director. Oh, God. Worst Prequel, okay. Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. God, that's a lot. That's three things. Uh, what else you got under the Razzie nominations? That's all I got. <laughs> so, worst picture, we got The Exorcist, Believer, Expendables. That should definitely win. Oh, Meg yeah. to the Trench, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, and then, yeah, you got worst actors. You got Russell Crowe in there, Vin Diesel, Fast X, Chris Maybe Evans. the ones for- with, uh, where uh, the, the fucking... Quantumania is in. Oh, worst supporting actor, Michael Douglas for Ant Man, <laughs> Mel Gibson, Why? Confidential Informant. I don't even know that. Bill Murray for Ant Man, <laughs> Franco Nero as the Pope in The Pope's Exorcist, and Sylvester Stallone in Expendables. Uh, in the the category of worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel, Ant Man, The Exorcist, Believer, Expendables. Indiana Jones and the dial of, it says, still beating a dead horse. And Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and finally, worst director, the direct guy who directed Winnie the Pooh, David Gordon Green for The Exorcist Believer, Peyton Reed for Ant-Man, Scott Wall for Expendables, and Ben Wheatley for Meg 2, The Trench. I feel like I haven't even seen the movie, but I feel like Winnie the Pooh should win a lot of these. Yeah, I think that's the worst I mean, one that's sure. not like a fun bad one that's like B-movie fun slasher. I haven't seen it's it. It's clearly a shitty movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shitty movie, but I think they they were trying to capitalize on the what is it called? The, the copyright uh, oh, the yeah. domain. What the, is it called? Uh public domain. Public domain, public domain yes. thing and like, oh, we're gonna do it first, and then you just <laughs> like they shit the bed. They're making uh, another one because now they can use Tigger and some of the other supporting characters have hey, now entered. Watch what you're saying public there, domain. Watch I said, your fucking I mouth. said Tigger. It's spelled T I W. Watch your fucking. Don't say that out loud one more time. You we watch your fucking mouth. That said, Tiga. That's the that's the stuffed tiger's name. That's all I'm just saying. His name. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, MCU maybe gets more Razzies than Oscars this year. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know if they'll win any of them. Even mm, that's the worst. The Razzies that's- are Razzies are fun. But like the first time after 16 years, they get nominations. That's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. That's all right. Yeah. Okay, let's finish up with what are we watching. Anthony, you watch anything fun? I've just been catching up on Showa era big action bill recaps. I just oh. did Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from the 70s, so that's fun. Nice. Um, but other than that, no. I mean, Super Bowl's coming up, so coming. watching that. And we made our predictions. Place your bets. We made our predictions. Yeah, place your place your butts. I mean, your bets. Get your and squares. Then, uh, yeah. Okay. You guys can take the floor. Rugs, what do you got? In honor of Anthony, I watched uh, the horror of the deep, Abira. Horror oh, of the deep. oh, what did you think of that? Upon I, I, I didn't finish it yet, uh, oh. but uh, I've been like an hour into it. I'm like, where the fuck is Godzilla? In this movie? <laughs> it doesn't show up for a while. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty interesting. It's got Mothra in it. That score is pretty out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the brother is a psychopath. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's looking for his brother. He's like, he, he won't be stopped. No. He's just hijacking ships and all kinds of shits going on. Yeah, they just yeah, get I on never, that dude's. I've, they just get on that dude's boat and start sailing. I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. I think I've only watched like the end, like ten minutes. So it's like I've to watch this other, the whole other half, and I'm watching it in Japanese without the dubbing. So uh, this is a different experience, but I'm enjoying that. Nice. I also started watching the Terminal List. Oh, that is with Chris Pratt on the Amazon. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Is it? I heard. I didn't watch it because I heard it wasn't good, but it's something I would normally watch. It's not great, but it's definitely good. I would say I wonder if it's getting like season two, oh, two of uh, Jack Ryan. Good, yeah. I would say oh, something like that. Okay. Yeah, not amazing. It's it kind of like stutters a little oh, bit. But Patrick like, Schwarzenegger in this one also. Yes, that's true. Schwarzenegger. Okay. The terminal list. I'm gonna it's, check it's, it out. I it's it's a little convoluted, but it's actually kind of fun to watch. It's it's good. It's solid. I mean, there's nothing else to watch right now, so that's why I put that on. Um, um what about I wa I saw I didn't haven't finished it. There's a Mr. and Mrs. Smith Amazon reboot series starring Donald Glover. How is it? Maya Erskine. I'm through five of the eight episodes. I tell you what, it's not bad. It is not the action comedy that was presented in the movie with uh, was that Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, right? It's more of like a rom com and like a, a a study on relationships, like because the setup is literally these two people just agree to live as a married couple. They don't know each other. They got to cut all ties and they do missions. So it's episodic. There's like a mission every episode, but then at the end of every episode. Like Donald, Donald Glover, Myerskin's character, they're just John and Jane. They're just hanging out, kind of learning about each other. It's very sincere. It's not bad. It's very charming. Donald Glover is very good in this. Uh, Maya Erskine is okay. Their chemistry is not bad as they learn about, like, they set their boundaries. Initially, they're like, we're not going to sleep together. Let's keep it platonic, whatever. Uh, but interesting things happen throughout. I got a question for you after yeah. you're done talking about this movie. Yeah. Run. Uh, no, it's a TV show, and also great... Whatever the fuck it is. Great cameos. You got John Turturro shows up. Uh, Paul Dano shows up in one episode. Clancy Brown shows up. So every episode's got like a crazy cameo. It's not bad, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Question. We gave you some homework after the Godzilla oh, thing. Shit. You haven't watched any of those fucking movies, and Ron, you said you're watching all this bullshit. What was I supposed to watch? I already forgot. What was it? <laughs> it was Godzilla MG, uh, GMK. GMK. Uh, I think I've told you watch Godzilla versus Destroya. Oh yes, that one. I gotta watch that one. You spoke yeah. highly of that one. He's on fire. I spoke highly of that one. Yes. I think we told you one more, but I lost. I lost. Okay, I I'm gonna, I will watch this. I forgot about this. I'll go back and listen yeah. and remember. Might might have been <laughs> Final Wars. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Shit, I forgot about those. All right, I'm gonna do that. But then you got to go back and watch Sorry. some of the old show era stuff. Too. Yeah. You got a lot of homework, Ron. God damn it! I forget about the Godzilla when I'm looking for something to. Watch. <laughs> Anything else, Rugs? Like, there's one more thing I watched. That well, you watched Lost City. You mentioned yes, that. it's very good. It's very good. Brad Pitt's in it a little bit, but he's great. And just a better relationship. I don't know. It's more grounded than this. Uh, Brad Argyle. Pitt is the reason to watch the movie, even though he's only in it for a little bit. Yeah. He fucking is great. But that and one reminded me of like Romancing the Stone, which is a great movie. Yes. For Russell and, uh, back in the 80s. But like a nice modern. But it's literally the same fucking plot as Argyle in the beginning. Yes, it's, of course. It was wild. And I got confused. 
The two movies started mushing together. I think Sandra Bullock pulled off her character better. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. And and the thing is, the chemistry was better with Channing Tatum and everything. So yeah, it is a better movie than yes, and it probably cost nothing. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't. Yeah, it was more of a rom com. Yeah, Uh, and then the last thing, there's a great documentary on Netflix about the making of the song "We Are the World." Right, fucking, I love this song. I I remember when it came out. I remember when it you be- love this, song. dude. I do love this song because <laughs> I remember being in school and they gave us like the lyrics and everybody had to listen to the song. Like the whole world was listening at the same time when it came out. I'm gonna say this: it's not that it? great of a song it's at all. It's Not that great of a song, <laughs> but it's not the, uh, the, just the actual feat of them doing this dude, is what is this is is, is, is this is documentary is wild. How this song got put together. Literally all starts with Quincy Jones, Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. And this guy, Bob Geldof, has an idea. And at that point, they're like, we could call anybody. They fucking get this stacked talent. Everyone agrees. And they don't have a song. They're 10 days from recording. There's no song. What they did was Lionel Richie. This is wild. The American Music Awards were happening in 10 days. Lionel Richie was going to host. They arranged it so that everyone would record the night after American Music Awards because they're all in town. So Lionel Richie that day, not only does he host the American Movie Awards, he performs on the Music Awards. He wins several awards. Then after the whole thing goes, they all spend all night to like seven in the morning. They record this song in one night with this stacked fucking crazy room of talent in the same fucking room. It's wild to see it. And the, the way the documentary lays out how they wrote the song, Michael really wrote the song and then how they recorded the chorus parts. And then they go through how they recorded each of the solos and everybody uh, has like a different story. Huey Lewis was totally nervous because Prince was supposed to show up. Sheila E's there. Prince doesn't fucking show up. Huey Lewis gets Prince's line and he's right after Michael Jackson and he's super nervous and he has to stand next to Michael Jackson. And it's great. The little little stories of each solo. Bob Bob Dylan was completely lost. He didn't know how to sing his fucking solo. And Stevie Wonder gets on the piano, sings it as Bob Dylan. He's like, Bob, do this. And that's how you get Bob Dylan's vocal. Cindy Lauper kills it on that, too. It's not a great song. It's very simple, right? Who's but, your favorite on that song? Oh, my God. Well, my honestly, it's got to be Cindy Lauper. She fucking kills it and her little bitch. She does these ad libs, these high pitched. It always stuck out to me. Second question. Yeah. Who's your favorite top three artists that appeared on that song? I mean, it's Michael. Michael is number one. Michael is easily number one. Uh, You got to put Stevie up there. And I'll tell you what. I gained a lot of respect for fucking Lionel Richie. This man got all of this together. He was running around putting out fires helping people always with a smile on his face. He kind of orchestrated, managed the whole thing. I'm, but I'm saying, do you like but Lionel Richie? Artist, outside of he's the song? all right. I mean, I loved his 80s stuff. It was kitschy. He was in the Commodores. He did some big songs, but I would go Michael Jackson, Stevie wonder. Fuck. And then who, I don't even know who you go next. Harry, yeah, B- Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson, Harry Belafonte is there. Paul I, Simon. I, Paul Ray Simon, Charles. Tina, yes. Ray Charles, <laughs> Tina Turner. Oh, it's gotta be Ray. Latoya Jackson. That'd La- be the my And pick. Latoya was there. Fucking Michael and Latoya. <laughs> Do you never see them even talking to each other throughout this whole documentary? It's very strange. And you get to hear from the cameramen who were shooting it. And they were like, 
I can't Why is believe Dan Aykroyd on the song. So this is the funniest thing. You have all these great musicians and fucking Dan Aykroyd somehow got in the room. Apparently he was like a really good singer. He was really? one of the early people they called. And you look back and I'm like, why the fuck is Dan Aykroyd there? He's there singing in the back. Bruce Springsteen has a good solo. We should recreate this with what? Taylor Swift. Oh, who I don't know who you would Drake. do now. It's you can't uh, this talent. Olivia Rodrigo. Dude, it's not the same. It's not the same as this fucking group. This is a <laughs> no no one would care there comes a time when you need a wop <laughs> wait ass here it is hey, it's yes. just so different now look at the people you had all and they had country people and jazz and rock and everything it was amazing you could pull some talented the artists fucking roster on this we are the world song I haven't heard We Are the World in very long time. Oh, I might throw that on after. Just It's good to listen to once and listen to the solos, but then when you watch the documentary, and now I know how they put it together, it's fucking wild. They recorded this whole thing in one night. You love, you, your niche is like these like obscure music Yeah, things. the like Millie Vanilli doc was great. Yeah. This one is great. <laughs> There's so much fun. Because you see a song I knew my whole life in a whole new way. And I was like, wow, that's crazy that they fucking pulled this off. They didn't have a song. Well, didn't they do it because some British dudes did like that Christmas yeah, song? Was, yes, it started with that one. It had Wham. Uh, it's Don't You Know It's Christmas. That was kind of, then they had USA for Africa and all these. But this was specifically about African hunger, and they wanted to call attention to that. And apparently it was released like they show. I kind of remember like the world stopped, and everybody listened to the song like at the same time. Everybody knew the words. Yeah, whenever there's like a really dark time, a bunch of singers will rally together and create a shitty song. <laughs> well, remember, remember this? They tried doing this with all the actors during COVID. Yeah, they tried oh, singing. What was that? Imagine song? John Lennon's Imagine. Imagine. That was fucking. That horrible. was real bad. No, that, one, that one. That one. That one. flopped really. Bad. You don't get people who can't sing to sing fucking a John yeah, Lennon Gal song. Gadot, yeah. Oh, get well, the you also had like. Them singing this in their like ivory home. Yes. Imagine all the people. The giant foyer behind them in their <laughs> glass walls. Is that your wine collection back there? What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Like, oh my gosh. Look at how poor, awful this is for you guys. Poor artists stuck at home. <laughs> poor actors. You live on a resort. Yeah. <laughs> it's one, yeah. I don't think you'll have any problem being yeah. six feet away. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. You have a bodyguard Anyways. right there. It's fucking, I see that fence. <laughs> I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see another. Not this song, but like another something big like, that, like that, where they yeah. all come together for a cause. It's been a while, but like the talent, I don't know, it's not the same. You still got some of the dudes. There's still you, talent. You there. can Just, still forget Billy Joel and fucking Springsteen. And, okay, uh, we're not getting Billy Joel and Springsteen. Why not? They were in the one first one. one. There's gonna be like, uh, there's gonna be some kind of. Uh, I think there's gonna be another one of these soon. It's well, good. I think. I think because yeah, the, the documentary has now brought it to the forefront. Right. right, now, right yeah. Some idiot's gonna get an idea. Right. They <laughs> raised a lot of money. They raised a lot of money for hunger in Africa with this record. Yeah. I think it could be Lionel Richie. He's still around. He's still around. He still looks great. He was in a documentary. He looks fucking fantastic. Uh, present day Lionel Richie and that man. I'd be curious. I'd be curious who, if being actually real, I'd be curious who they would curate to do this. If they yeah, right. I don't know. Again. I, I don't know. You need like a, I don't know, Kendrick Lamar. Well, no, he's I, a rapper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of of seeing uh big things that are that, that are uplifting and crazy, have you ever heard of the channel called Grio? Ah, uh, I've seen it. What is that? I don't know, but I've, there was the Grio Awards, okay. which was a specifically oh yeah, uh, I think it was like a like a all black award show. Okay. And what's the name of that dude? Uh shit, I can't remember his name. But like 
he gave the speech at the end of it. And I was like, very like, oh, he's talking about the struggle. And this and that. And then I, no, he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy with the bald head that he has like all those like late night cable shows or whatever. Oh, with Byron media. Allen? Yes. Okay. See, Byron Allen gives a speech about like how oppressed he is. And then I looked it up. He was like he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. Byron <laughs> Allen, this fucking and, uh, late night guy who's not even a stand up. He just interviews yeah, He owns a media company. I think he's he owns Grio, maybe. He's a fucking billionaire because he's smart and he bought, yes, production companies. So I was like, yeah, he's talking about the struggle, but like he's already like shown that you can. Uh, you, you're fucking a, you're a media mogul. Yeah. Yeah. You would not know Loki Byron Allen is a billionaire. That surprised me. Too. Yeah. he. I didn't know that. Yeah. That it was. Uh, <laughs> he's fucking I loaded. I was shocked. Yeah. He's loaded. I don't know what it's he's crazy. talking about. He'll be fine. too. Like right. Him and Oprah could just fucking solve the problem. You, yeah, got, you got billions of dollars. Well, you guys you don't even need to put in that much. You'd be fine. You can fix everything. Yeah, sure. All right. No one- That's it. You fuckers. Rugs. Where can the people find you online? You can find me at Rug Boy Show. I have to. Stop myself saying the rug boy show. Just rug boy At show. Rug boy show. On That's right. X link in the episode description. Anthony, where can the listener find you? You can find me thinking of an original idea and yes. curating the next group of people to sing. We are the world. I think. I think. Uh, I think you're onto something. It's yeah. gonna be big again. Get that list together. Let got us, a, I've got. A, I've got a long list. Let us we'll start know. with Millie Vanilli and bring them. Yeah, bring them back. Well, well I feel o- like we should make a song one. that makes billionaires fix homelessness. Only one of them still alive, so you're gonna you're stuck with Vanilli. <laughs> Which one, Millie or Vanilli? I think Vanilli's dead. I don't know. Okay. Maybe Millie's still left. <laughs> yeah. Listener, send us your list. Who do, would do a We Are the World now? I want to hear it. You can uh, email show at jockanerd.com or join us on our social channels. But the most important thing, of course, share this show, spread it around, tweet it, post it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. Next time. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. That's a big fuck up right okay. there. Thing I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew, and you blew it. it. Come on, baby. Do the magic hands it. Jock uh. and Nerd. You blew it.